Welcome to Ask the Preacher with Pastor Wayne Freed. I was out of jail on bond, facing over 100 years in prison, reaching for a gun to blow my brains out when God stopped me with a vision. I know what it is to be down and out. I know what it is to be up, and up is better. I told the Lord I was going to find out if the Bible was really true, and let me tell you, friend, that it is. The Bible is really true. Ask the Preacher, designed so that you can have your questions answered according to what the Bible says. Hello, this is Wayne Freed. I'm here for Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church here in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, I want to talk to you about what I've been speaking to you about for the last uh, couple of weeks or so. This is the holiday season, and strangely enough, uh, not everybody's happy. I know that uh, sometimes people look around them, they see families, they see friends, and they're all laughing and having such a big time. And they're not, uh, because if they don't have strong relationships, if they don't have family and friends that surround them in these times, they feel especially lonely, <clears throat> and the devil takes advantage of that. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about how the devil gets control of people, even Christians, and uh, through deception. That's his number one warfare weapon is deception. That's why we need the Word of God, so that we know the truth. The truth you know and act upon will make you free. And whom the Son has made free, he is free indeed. I, I gave you the seven stages of oppression. Now, these things may not be in a perfect order. They might be different but um, in different times. But nevertheless, if you take a look at them, you, you'll see that these are opportunities for the devil. He, he, you know, my wife and I. One day I was, I was uh, listening to the radio. I was listening to Keith Moore. And he said, you know, anybody that lives in America and they're depressed, he said, it's nothing but the devil doing that to them. And he began to talk about how blessed we are here and how poor most of the world is. And he said, you know, if you'd be grateful and, and thank God, you, the devil couldn't rule over you like that. There's a place in Deuteronomy um, 28:47. It says, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and gladness of the heart, therefore thou shalt serve thine enemies. And he, he said another thing. I, I shared this twice last week, and I want to share it again because when I heard this, it helped me so much, and I think it'll help you. I'm, I'm going to just read what he said. He said, I'm going to give you some of the best advice you've ever gotten. If you'll do it, it will spare you from untold agony and crying in the nighttime and all kinds of problems in every area of life. Listen to me carefully. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstance, with anybody, in any situation, never, ever, ever, never, ever feel sorry for yourself. Did you get that? I'm still reading. Did you get that? There's never a justifiable reason. There's never a legitimate, legitimate excuse to feel sorry for yourself. It's always doubt. It's always unbelief. It's always dishonoring to God. Always. Now, I'm still reading. He said, let me go over it real slowly. Never, ever, ever. Under any circumstances, in any situation, with anybody, at any time, anywhere, never, ever, ever, never, ever feel sorry 
for yourself. Again, he says, did you get that? If you don't, in other words, if you don't feel sorry for yourself, you'll stay in faith. It honors God. When you look up through the blood, sweat, and tears and say, God, I believe you. I believe you. I will stand and never quit. You know, I've been a Christian for 54 and a half years. I'm I got saved on a Harley-Davidson going from Lakeland to Tampa, and I came back preaching. So, you know, I have some experience in these things, and I was beat around so much with my insecurities. Oh, my goodness. Uh, these things really help, help set me free. Truth, uh, like I said a minute ago, truth will make you free. The truth you know and act upon. Now, James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If you don't do what you know then you can't even blame the devil. It's your own fault. You didn't do what you knew you should have done. Then certainly you're going to reap the repercussions of that. But according to Matthew 6, um, 22 and 23, he says, The light of the body is the eye, and if thine eye be single, some translations say focused or healthy, then the whole body will be full of light. And then the next verse says, But if thine eye be evil, the whole body will be full of darkness. And... Uh, some some translations will say weak or sickly. If your whole if your eye is sickly or divided, you could say your whole body be full of darkness. And if the light that's in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And then over in Luke it says that a little further it'll say, uh, "Take heed that the light that's in thee be not darkness." See, if you don't walk in the light you have, God's not going to give you more light. In Psalm 119, it says that the, the, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And in those Bible days, they wore uh, shoes with a candle on the end of it and when they were walking in certain terrain. And that candle would only give enough light for one step. And then you'd take another step and another step. And so if you walk in the light you have, God will give you more light. I know there's a lot of times in some um, services that people come down for more anointing. They want that laying out of hands for more anointing. But if you're not walking in the anointing, in the light, in the knowledge that you already have, if God were to give you more, it would only condemn you. It would only hurt you, and God doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. You know, in Luke 6, no, excuse me, Luke 12, 48, it says, Unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And of whom men have committed much, of him will they ask the more. So the more light you've got, the more is expected of you. You, if you, you, you know what? I went to Bible school. Matter of fact, I went so many years. I still kind of consider myself going every 10, 15 years to go back a little longer. Uh, finally got an honorary doctor's degree. I believe in study. I, I believe in knowledge. It's a wonderful thing. But do you know the greatest teacher? is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you. Jesus said he's your guide, your helper, and your teacher. If you will allow the Holy Spirit, now he guides you through your spirit, not through your head or your body. Man is a spirit. He lives in a body. He possesses a soul. The body deals with the physical world, the spirit with the spiritual world, and the soul with the intellectual world. The mind, the will, and the emotions. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Some translations say your, your act of spiritual worship. 
So he tells us what to do with our body. And then verse 2, Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Boy, that word transformed, it's the same way. It's like a butterfly or a worm, a cocoon. Uh, What what we call it? Uh, um, The worm with all those little legs. It goes in and... uh, but goes into the cocoon and comes out a butterfly. It's transformation. He's talking about be transformed. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You, when you walk in the light, see, it's not just learning the word, reading the word, memorizing the word, or preaching the word, or all these things. As good as they may be, it's practicing the word. And sometimes uh, the, the word will say, go say you're sorry, and you don't want to. And if you don't, you, you're not growing. You're, you've stopped. You've come to a standstill. If you want more anointing, more light, more of God in your life, do what you already know is right. Humble yourself and do the word. And then read the Bible so you can learn what the word d- does say, you know. So he tells us, be not conformed with this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's in, I just emphatically want to tell you, just do what you know is right and avoid what you know is wrong, and you will grow. You will grow. It's vitally important that your heart not condemn you. First John 3, 20, 21, 22, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence, boldness, that word translated elsewhere, confidence or boldness towards God and whatsoever we ask we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight Jesus said if you love me you'll keep my commandments well you're listening to ask the preacher this is Wayne Free the number of the studio is Eric 863-682-1430 and we'll be right back You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question-and-answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back, and this is Wayne Freed with Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Uh, Our number in the studio is area code 863-682-1430. But I, I started off today talking about how some people are so terribly depressed during the holiday season they think everybody's having fun but them, and the devil wants to magnify that. But there's a thousand different ways. Matter of fact, I read this the other day from uh, someone named Angela Mer- Marissi, I think it's called. It says, consider that Lucifer does not sleep but seeks our ruin in a thousand ways. Well, that's, that's, that's right. Um, but I remember being depressed, and, and it seemed like I was um, struggling all the time with that insecurity and stuff. And um, I I heard Keith Moore on the radio say that if you live in America and you're depressed, it's nothing but the devil causing it. Uh, Because we're just so blessed in this country. There's so many people living on like less than a dollar a day or something. And 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 we just have so much. And then to be depressed, uh, we need to get grateful and thankful for what we do have. Get our mind off ourselves and off our problems and look to the Lord. But I, I, I saw that when he said it's nothing but the devil. I saw that. I said, that's exactly right. And I I called my wife at work. She was at work, and I said, I'm not going to be depressed anymore. I said, I realize now I know who my enemy is. I know who, who he is, how he operates, and I can assess his strength. 
one of the ways he operates is through the mind and assess his strength while he doesn't have any strength. The devil uh, has been defeated by Jesus, and, and if you know that and you use your authority, you can trample all over him. Well, anyway, so I said, I'm not going to be depressed anymore. And I said, you need to, to watch out because the devil, as he is, will jump off of me onto you. When he realizes that I'm not going to allow him to have his way in my life, he's going to jump on you. And uh, I, I had a person tell me one time, well, I thought you were a word of faith. What kind of, that's, that's, that's unbelief and stuff. And I said, no, that's what the Bible says. In Matthew um, 12, 43, 44, and 45, Jesus was speaking, and he said something along this line. When the Spirit of, goes out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none, and comes back to the house from which he came, and finds it empty, swept, and garnished. So he goes and takes unto himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and comes back and takes that house, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. So the man ends up being eight times worse. Now, that's a principle by which evil spirits operate. They will come back to the house. It's easier to get back. Now, there, there may be a situation where the devil finds, a, finds somebody that's an easy, easy target, you know? Um, I tell people, if you, if you feed the flesh all the time, if you, if, you, if you just cuss up a storm every time you get angry and, and you don't put any control over your mouth and, and uh, every time you get depressed, you go out and get drunk or high in some way, uh, you, and you just feed the flesh and feed the flesh and feed the flesh. You're waving a red flag in front of the devil. And it may be excessive flesh in the beginning, but it won't be long. It's going to be more than that. You're going to be demonized. And so that's what I want to talk to you about right now. I want to talk to you about save, seven stages of oppression. But just before I do, listen, it's a waste of time to try to cast a devil out of a Christian. I'll talk about that in just a second. Don't hang up on me out of a Christian whose real problem is an unrenewed mind. Now, I do not believe, and you can't show me any scripture that says a demon, a Christian can be demon-possessed, but they can be demonized. You can have termites in your house, um, just like you could have uh, sickness in your body. And sometimes, not every time, all sickness comes from the devil, but all sickness is not necessarily the presence of an evil spirit. Sometimes it is. And when it is, and you're praying for healing and get no results, that's the place I'd look. Well, the first place I'd look to see if they have unforgiveness in their life, according to Mark 11, 25 and 26. But, uh, and, and also in Mark, uh, in, in, in Matthew, I meant, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Where he says, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remembers your brother have all against you, leave your gift at the altar and go be reconciled to your brother. Or in the 18th chapter, or uh, the 18th chapter of Matthew and, and the 18th verse, actually starts with the 15th verse, where he says, if, if you have all against your brother, go to him and, and make things right. And if he won't hear you, take somebody with you. And if he won't hear them, bring it before the church. So God is real, real, real serious about relationships. And it's, if you. Oh, my goodness, I'm off track a little bit here. But listen, uh, Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it'll be given you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth unto him that knocketh it shall be opened unto him. If you've got scripture for it, the answer is yea, yea, and amen. Okay, I think that's, uh, well, anyway, 1 Corinthians 1 or 3, because uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 3, uh, Anyway, okay, sometimes it's hard to remember every version where it is. But I want you to know that the problem uh, is in our mind when we let the devil influence 
our mind. So seven stages of oppression. Oh, let me just finish up on Matthew 7, uh, 7, 7. Ask and it'll be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open unto you. Sometimes when you're first a Christian, you're just a, a baby Christian. God just bends over backwards for you. But after a while, he wants you to grow up. We're the same way. We treat a 14-year-old differently than a 4-year-old. And God does too. So you have to walk in the light you have or you're going to have complications because God wants you to grow up. You'll find that in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, particularly verses 13 and 14. Now, ask and you shall receive, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open. When you're first saved and you ask for healing, you ask for money, you ask for just about anything, uh, and you're doing your best to live for God, he will bless your socks off and it seems to just about fall on you, almost like ripe cherries off a tree. But sometimes you ask as you get a little older in the Lord, and I don't mean very old, but you ask, and it doesn't just fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. So what do you do? Well, then you seek. What does that mean? It means you search your heart. You see if you have any unforgiveness in your heart. You see if you have any sin in your life. You see if you're in faith or not. You see if you're sharing the gospel with the people that you meet. There's reasons why things don't happen. If a heart condemns us, God's greater than that. He knows all of it. You were in trouble before you even knew it. So anyway, let me move on to the last one. Everyone that asketh receiveth. If it doesn't come after you've asked, after you seek, if you seek and you don't find a problem, then it's the devil. Speak to him. Mark eleven twenty three. Speak to him. Command that devil to come out. Command that devil to turn loose. Command that devil to go. You do it. Don't ask God to do it. He's not going to. You're wasting your time if you're asking God to do something about the devil. He's done all he's going to do about the devil till Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. So you do it. He gave you and me the power of attorney to use his name. Well, I'm out of time. Got to take a break. This is Wayne Freed with Believer's Fellowship. We'll be right back right after these words. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Hi, this is Wayne Freed. Thank you for tuning in today. We're talking about uh, seven stages of oppression. I've been all around that and not dealing with it exactly right straight to it, but I've dealt with this uh, the last couple of weeks or so, and I want to do it again. Um, let me run through it real fast. I'm going to come back and get on something else, and then I'm, I'm going to be here next week, Lord willing, and so I can hit this again maybe. But uh, it's the first step uh, in going backwards and uh, a sign that demons or you're, you have a spiritual force of power is working against you is regression. That means you're going backwards. You're backing up. It, it's obvious that you're not moving forward. So it's, it's a minor thing maybe in the sense of backsliding, but it's a step in that on the wrong road. The second thing is repression. I'm going to come back on this later, Lord willing. The second thing is repression. That's to restrain from within. And, um, and the third one is suppression. And that's to restrain from without. I, I'm, I'm keeping myself from getting off on each one of these because I don't have time for that right now. Um, and then the fourth one is depression, a broken spirit, a loss of hope. And the fifth one is oppression. It's the way one down with something he's not able to bear. And the sixth one is obsession, a persistent preoccupation with an idea or emotion. And number seven is possession, under full control of the devil. The devil using a person's voice and forms of insanity and that kind of thing. 
Okay, we'll come back to that. First off, I want you to know that you rarely will ever hear any preacher preach on the devil. Um, they don't want to preach on the devil. I don't know exactly why, but they don't. They get ridiculed for that. They, a lot of times people say that they're magnifying the devil uh, just to talk about him. But, you know, Jesus spoke about the devil. He was in the middle of casting out a devil, or he'd just come from that, or he was headed to one uh, almost all the time. Read the book of Acts. He's just constantly casting out devils. And, uh, and let me give you some scripture. In e Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, it didn't say anything about being strong in yourself. It said, be strong in the Lord. He said, put on the whole armor of God. Well, why are you putting on armor? Because we're in a fight. We are in a fight. You've got to recognize that. People don't know because they're not being taught. Read your Bible. Please read your Bible. Read the New Testament five times at least before you even start in the old. Well, uh, I'm in Ephesians um, 6, 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then he says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And he goes on. You, you know, he, he says, having done all, to stand. You have to walk in the light you've been given, or you have the door open to the, to the devil. And if you let the devil in, you're going to have to get him out. Don't ask God to do something about the devil. He's done all he's going to do. Listen, did you know that Hebrews 2.14 says, For as much as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he also, talking about Jesus, he also took part of the same that through death he might destroy. We're going to come back to that word. That, that through death he might destroy him who had power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I'm going to go back over that again. I want you to see something. For as much as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death. God couldn't die. He had to take a body. There's a, oh, God's so smart. He's so smart. He's so smart. You, ought to, you have to learn that the word of God is true so you can trust him. He's smarter than you are. Smarter than I, Every time I tell people that, I, I, I put my arm on their shoulder and I say, I want to share something with you that, that's just going to, it'll change your life if you receive it. And, and they look at me, you know, and, 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 and say, well, what's that? And I say, God is smarter than you. And they almost always react the same way, a little chuckle, you know, well, of course, God's smarter than me. And I said, no, you don't understand. If you really believe that, you do what he said. If you understand that God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son for you, he didn't do it for him. He did it for you and me. Why? Why did he do it? Because he loves us. But you have, to, you have to be a willing person. God is not looking for robots. He didn't send Jesus so he could have a robot he could have made without any sacrifice. Okay, so for as much as the children, this is Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. For as much as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had power of death, that is the devil. Now that word destroy in the Greek is, is translated in Rotherham's translation as paralyzed. Doesn't mean he annihilated him. Doesn't mean he doesn't exist. It means he's paralyzed. He's a paraplegic devil. And you letting it beat you up all the time. Well, it's for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. But if you keep listening to me, I'm going to help you. I'm going to, I'm going to show you some things that will really help you. The Amplified Bible uh, translates that where it says uh, that he might destroy the devil. He said, might bring to naught and make of none effect the devil. 
through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he defeated the devil, put him under his feet, like Colossians 2.15 says. Now, listen to this. Galatians 10, 3, 4, I'm sorry, not Galatians, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Most Christians are warring after the flesh, and that's why there's so many defeated and depressed Christians. Now, though we, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. And in the margin of your Bible, it says reasonings. Don't let the devil talk to your mind. That's what Eve did, and he talked him right out of the garden. Casting down imaginations and reasonings. If the devil can bring you into the realm of reason, he'll whip you every time. He's been here longer than you. He's seen it all. And if you walk with, with the natural senses, he, he'll, he'll, he'll deceive you and beat you. You have to walk by faith. If we walk by faith, the devil's already been whipped. If we walk by faith, we already have everything that Jesus got, it, got for us. So, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and reasonings and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You do that. You do that. You and me, we do that. We pull down those thoughts. I remember one time I had this terrible thought and I just committed myself to a certain amount of prayer every day. And I said, I just looked up and said, dear God, I did not think that thought. And I sensed the spirit say on the inside of me, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but it was like, I'm so glad you're learning not to take credit for things you didn't, you're not guilty of. The devil put that thought in my mind. I can't, I, I don't even remember what it was, but I know it was so bad. I just, I just said, dear God, I'm not even going to ask forgiveness. I did not think that thought. It was, it was a relief to realize that I am a spirit being. I just live in this house called the body. And I have the job of renewing my mind, according to uh, Romans 12, 2. Beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable in God's reasonable service. That's one. And verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, we're transformed by walking in the light of God's word, by doing what the word says. There is a devil, and we have to walk in the spirit in order to have the supernatural, abundant power of God. You'll find that in Galatians 5, 13 through 23. I don't have time to deal with that. But here, let me give you some scripture to say the devil is really real. In 1 John 3, 8, it says... Um, uh, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. How about that? There is a devil. The same Bible that tells us about God and Jesus tells us about the devil. Now, Acts 10, 38, and when I say God and Jesus, it's because there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Okay, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing, healing's good, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The devil was oppressing them. God wasn't teaching them something through sickness and disease. The Holy Spirit's a teacher of the church. The Word of God's a teacher of the church. 
The devil doesn't teach you. You know, I remember Brother Hagin asked somebody one time, he said, uh, how long have you had that sickness? And the man said, a long time. He said he thought that the devil, uh, that, that God had allowed it so he'd learned something. And Brother Hagin said, well, uh, what have you learned? He said, nothing. And he said, you never will. The devil's not trying to teach you. The, the devil's not your teacher. Jesus is the teacher, the Holy Spirit through the word. He's our guide, our helper, and our teacher. And so sickness isn't your teacher. John 10, 10 says the thief, this is Jesus speaking, saying the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Okay. And I, I got one, one little Colossians 1, 13. I just really like this one. It's half a verse. It's just, he says he's delivered us from the power of darkness. Isn't that great? He's already done it. It didn't say he's going to do it. He already did it. When Jesus went to the cross and died for you and me, he conquered the enemy. So when you have a regression thought, now here we go, regression, seven stages of oppression. These are steps that, that um, they may not always come in this order, but when you're regressing, you're going backwards in spiritual force or power. It's the first warning that negative powers are evident. Regression, backing up. Now, just because you feel depressed doesn't mean you are. You can shake that off. Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth, he used to jump out of bed and do a dance for 15 minutes every morning. Not because he felt like it, but because he had to get his flesh under, and he knew that. We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. We walk by the word of faith. We walk by the word and not by the senses. We walk by the word and not by seeing, hearing, touch, taste, or smell. That's 2 Corinthians 5 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. We can become desensitized to evil. Hebrews 3 13 says it's the deceitfulness of sin that hardens the heart. I've had people say, Well, no Christian would ever do that. And I said, Well, they wouldn't in their right mind, but it's slow. It's like a frog in a, in a pot. Put him in cold water, he'll jump out. Put him in hot water, he'll jump out. But if you put him in lukewarm water and just keep raising the temperature slowly, he'll just boil to death right there. And that's the way we become as Christians. I call it O tape. O-tape is an acronym. It, it means objection, tolerance, acceptance, participation, and even enjoyment. We move from objecting to something. If we, if we don't deal with it right there, then we start tolerating it. And before you know it, we've accepted it. And then we participate in it and sometimes even reach a place of enjoyment. Um, I usually tell people, um, you're ruined for sin. Romans 6 tells us that. You'll never enjoy sin again unless you practice it enough to become deceived. When I was backslid, I was backslid for a whole year, sitting in a bar, and the devil would tell me, if you just accept that damnable doctrine, well, he didn't use the word damnable, that was mine, but if you just use that, that doctrine, once saved, always saved, you could enjoy these girls and you could have a good time here. I said, I got my theology by fasting and praying on my knees, seeking God, and I'm not going to change it on a, in a backslid condition in a bar room. And, and I, thank God I got back. Let me tell you, if you don't quit, you'll make it. If you don't give up, you'll make it. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. This is Wayne Freed from Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church here in Lakeland, and we'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher 
a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believers Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back. This is Wayne Freed. So glad you've tuned in today. I'm talking about seven stages of oppression. And uh, so far, we've covered very thoroughly, I think, that you should never feel sorry for yourself and that it's a waste of time to try to cast the devil out of somebody who, uh, whose real problem is an unrenewed mind. I remember Brother Hagin said one time, he was talking about a situation, and he asked them where they went to church or something, and they said they didn't, they didn't go to church anywhere, and uh, they didn't have a pastor. And so he said, well, then that's your problem right there. You know, I talked to somebody the other day, and I mentioned to them, they said that in the quick conversation, they, they, their mother was dead, and they, um, she would be sad that they were not in church. I asked them if they had a church home. They said no. And I said, you know, that's where I put my hand on their shoulder, and I said, uh, in, in all love and kindness, I said, God is smarter than you. And he says in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, go to church. Go to church. And so God is smarter than we are if we'd go to church. We'd find our help there because everything that God's doing in the world today, he's doing through his body, the church. You say, well, I went to church and I got hurt. Um, who hasn't? I mean, maybe you didn't get hurt in church, but you got hurt in a relationship. And that's what the kingdom of God is, is relationships. God's preparing you to learn how to get along with people so that when you go to heaven, heaven will be like heaven and not like hell. So... You, you've got to learn how to get along with people, and, and we do that by being around people. You can't be a lone ranger and develop your relational skills. The kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17, is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I wish I had more time to develop that and, uh, for you, but I, I need to move back to what I was talking about, seven stages of oppression. The devil's real, and you better believe it. Number one, we talked about regression, which was going backwards in spiritual force or power. It's the first warning that negative powers are evident. Sin brings us into desensitization. It's um, uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 3.13 says, the deceitfulness of sin hardens the heart. Sin is deceitful, and when your heart gets hard, you get deeper into sin. We have an acronym called OTAPE. We move from objection to tolerance to acceptance to participation and even enjoyment. And listen to this now. Ex excessive flesh is spirit. I've, I've taught this by Crandall Miller um, 50, 51 years ago or so, about 50 years ago. And what you feed grows. This is what he taught me. What you feed grows. What you starve dies. You never satisfy anything by feeding it. You merely increase its capacity. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Again, what you feed grows. What you starve dies. You never satisfy anything by feeding it. You merely increase its capacity. I remember in Bible college, you put your hand around your girl's waist, tell her, you know, drop it down around her bottom and... She moves her hand, and you say, hey, hey, give me one little old kiss here before you go, and I'll be satisfied. And she knows that's a lie. You won't be satisfied. You're going to keep moving until she puts the brakes on you. Here's the thing. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. You never satisfy anything by feeding it. You merely increase its capacity. Now, the second thing, we, talk, we talked about the first stage was regression, going backwards in spiritual force or power. Secondly is repression. That's to restrain from within. 
Now, you know, it doesn't matter to me whether you use number two repression or suppression and trade them around. Here's the point. To suppress is to restrain, to repress is to restrain from within. It takes away the joy and gladness of life. It squelchers our ability to, to, of release and expression. It squelchers our ability of release and expression. God wants you free. If enough Christians were repressed, Satan wouldn't have any opposition at all. You know, maybe when you were a child, you were laughed at for something. And so now, if, if you start singing and somebody says something, you, you, you cower back. You restrain yourself from within. And, and, and somebody says, well, what's the matter? Oh, no, no, nothing, nothing. Well, come on and sing. No, 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 I can't sing. You're holding yourself back because you're believing a lie. God loves a joyful noise anyway. So, you know, people will beat you down sometimes. They don't know. They're speaking whatever comes to their mind, and the devil is speaking to their mind probably. Number three is suppression. It's restraining or smothering of one's emotion originating from without. See, see, it may be uh, a belligerent boss or a spouse or a teacher, someone who, who comes in and just begins to yell and scream, and everybody is, is just suppressed. They just, they just cower back. Number four, depression, a broken spirit, a loss of hope. I'm telling you, don't ever feel sorry for yourself. It's, it's hard to do. But if you ever fall into that state, it's all selfish. It's all selfish. When you're depressed and you have a broken spirit, a loss of hope, you're thinking about yourself. Number five, oppression. It's to weigh one down with something he's unable to bear. You know, that could be a lot of things. In Luke 4.18, Jesus came to preach deliverance. Notice he came to preach deliverance. You want to get people set free? You want to get yourself set free? Go to a church where they're preaching deliverance. Go someplace where they know their authority and they take authority over the devil. Jesus was sent to heal all oppressed of the devil. Acts 10, 38. Okay, okay. Looking over my notes here a little bit. I'm going to move on to number six is Obsession. You can become obsessed with something. You know, we, we form habits. And this is persistent preoccupation with an idea or emotion, like perversion or persecution complex or insecurity or jealousy or hatred, prejudice. You can just get eaten up with it. And number seven is possession under full control of the devil. Satan using the person's voice and so forth. Uh, Brother Hagin tells a story about a lady preacher. She was a minister's wife for over 20 years. And the devil, he, he saw it in a vision. She became transparent like glass, and he saw this demon sit up on her shoulder and begin to speak into her ear. And he was telling her how beautiful she was and how great she could sing and how she'd been cheated in life, that she could have made so much money and been so popular. But no, she was a preacher's wife, and she stayed in the church. And, and, and she ran him off. She resisted him many times, but finally she started listening, and she enjoyed being told she was pretty and she could sing and she, she was so wonderful. And, and so finally uh, that dot, it turned, that, that demon turned into a black dot, moved into her head, and then later it moved down into her spirit. And he asked, i got to go. Uh, but but the, Brother Hagin asked the Lord if he wanted him to cast it out, and he said no. See, he couldn't cast it out because she wanted it then. He could have helped her before, but once it moved down into her spirit— then he couldn't help her. And that's how Christians can become desensitized and open up to the devil and even end up losing their salvation. There's 50 scriptures I've got, not just scriptures. I don't mean 50 verses. I mean 50 different places in the Bible that tell us you can 
lose your salvation. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. This is Wayne Freed. Hope to see you here next week. 1430 on your AM dial, uh, 96.7 on your FM dial. God bless you. Merry Christmas. You've got-